You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Sons of an Illustrious Father. The band is comprised of Lila Larson, Joshua Bunn, and Ezra Miller, three friends who have formed a band that are truly unlike any other band around. How would I describe their music? Well, that's the thing. It's a near impossible task. There's elements of punk and jazz along with a ferocity towards utilizing razor-sharp wit and thoughtful lyrics. The Suns are an example of a band that doesn't exist within a vacuum, the prime example being the songs off their album Dust, Sex Machina, or Moving Slowly Beyond Nikola Tesla. Yes, that is one hell of an amazing title. On this episode, we chat about how the album came to be and the way it's impacted their lives since its release. Major thanks to the band for being part of this. It was really cool being welcomed within to their world. Um, yeah, you're going to love this one. This is the 405 Exchange with Sons of an Illustrious Father. One of the things I love about bands is how, amongst everything else, bands have an ethos about them, where it's very much a group of people coming together and not only creating something entirely new, but there's like a shared vision, a shared idea. And I feel like when I think about your band, it's so forward, it's so focal, in, in contrast to a lot of other bands I could think of. So I wanted to open the conversation rather than, uh, I mean, there will be an intro to this, but rather than think to uh, express all the things people write about you, what would you say is the shared ethos amongst you guys as a band? This requires a long, silent thinking period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We want to get this right. It's a big question. centers around compassion, communication, and communion. So we only fuck with things that start with C-O-M. Mm -hmm. uh, companionship. Communism. Computers. Com <laughs> yeah, compasses. Um, compartmentalization. Compact vehicles. The common folk. <laughs> We start in a practice of all of those things that start with COM as directed towards ourselves and then each other within the band and then we extend all of the comms forth to people who work with us in other capacities and then ultimately to the people who receive the work. Very nicely put. Um would it be okay if I would add one more word? Uh, at least this one is to start C-O-M, but it starts uh, C-O-L. And I feel like that, that word's collaboration. I mean, what I get from your music, and it's something that I feel like a lot of the bands that I love the most, you can hear from their music as well, where there's not a dedicated sense of role amongst you, where I could listen to music and tell like, oh, maybe someone else picked up the bass guitar here, or someone else picked the drums here, or someone picked up the guitar here. And I'm sure you guys are always asked about the creative process, but I would 
definitely love to hear specific about what that process is like when that collaborative nature is present. And if it is present, because I feel like I hear that in the music, but you could correct me if that's not the case at all. You're definitely right. Although, again, we'd prefer to call it commaboration. Okay, we could definitely yeah. do that. Compatibility in our commaboration. Yeah, we love to commaborate. Comparison. Queen maboration. Ooh. Um, what an aberration. Combat. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sometimes it is combat. Yeah. To commaborate. Um, but communicative, compassionate combat. Combining. Yeah. yeah. Combination. Combination. Um, Culmination. Nope. No. <laughs> comfort, but not always comfort. Come what may. Yeah. I'll say. Uh... Really, no rules. Come as you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of impressed. You feel like it's nearly uh, compressed. Minutes, so you're able. To... Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually sticking quite well to the <laughs> But Wait, w- would you say that you commend us? <laughs> I would. <laughs> as we commence the interview. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But no, in, all, in all seriousness, though, would you say that you feel a sense of uh, commitment? Com- <laughs> I'm gonna stop. It's over. No, I, it's think it's, I think it's over. A uh, feeling of creatively inspired with having that element of collaboration within your band, like Com- completely. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get out. <laughs> no. If this goes on for the infinite whole compression, infinite compression, we're so small. <sighs> like I said at the start, no rules. At least prior to hitting the recorder, there's no rules for this. So we go in any which direction we'd like to go in. I feel like it's tripping on me right now. Is it? I feel like something's going on. Isn't that amazing that you just say it's dripping on me? We yeah. And we imply this thing, this entity that exists that's doing this thing it's actively to, to you. you. We should provide context if people are listening. Uh, there is, we're in New York City and it is raining outside and we're in a room and it might be leaking in the roof as it happens in New York City. You look closer to me if you like if it actually is dripping onto you. I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. I just feel... I feel it. No, no, I just got it. I got it too. I got it too. I like it. It's cool. Cooling. Um, one of the big things I wanted to ask, like, from experiencing your music is I feel like with the lyrics being so, like, the use of wordplay, I, which I feel um, inspires a lot of the way the lyrics are written or the other way around, I feel like there's that, they're very much intertwined. And I wonder, like, is there quite discussion amongst yourselves amongst the lyrics? Or is it type of thing that once the lyrics are presented, it's just kind of like, you leave them to be mysterious amongst each other? I think we all really value uh, one another's uh, different senses of lyricism. And so it's very rare that any one of us takes issue with lyrics written by another one of us specifically. Um, Yeah, I think there have been perhaps a few instances when we've offered constructive criticism and more recently have started writing songs with in which multiple people are writing the lyrics collaboratively but often we just like trust each other's channels to be 
the right yeah right thing for the song sometimes we'll get a little smithy with it on like a certain word we'll be like oh what if it was this instead yeah. you know but it's yeah. really minimal no the expression comes and it's usually yeah feels good I definitely can speak for myself that I like hang on every word you know that my bandmates bring forward you know what I mean yeah and I feel like what's really cool with the ex- at least the experience I've gotten from listening to her music and when I see the way people are reacting to her music it's really refreshing to see that there are people who are listening to your music and very much hinging on the words, who are very much gravitating and paying attention to the words. Like, it's not just throwaway or filler. It's like the words really do matter and are such yeah. a focal point in the music. We found, especially recently, even parts of the world where people do not speak English as a primary language. There's been an amazing amount of people, like, singing our lyrics back to us. It's really, it's quite moving. Also, something preternatural happened recently that we haven't talked about too much but I do feel like we should share for this interview yeah, please do. which is that we when we're writing songs we give them temporary titles title usually usually title only solidifies when we record a song often the titles are the the fake titles are unusable but then yeah. some of them stick around yeah a lot of them are names of things that it might sound like we're saying in the song but aren't actually saying so for instance there's a song in which one of the words in the song is truth and so we've been casually referring to the song as tooth huh. um i think because lila didn't know exactly what i was saying at first no, I think we were just joking. About we were just it. singing a fake... If you want fake... to know the tooth. Right, yeah. It was just funny. It was just funny. And so we started calling it tooth. That's usually how it'll happen. And so the song gets a fake name that we use only amongst ourselves to refer to the song. And so we've started playing this song that we casually called Tooth. And one of our fans came up to Josh and I two nights ago and said, Hey, when are you guys going to record Tooth? What? Yeah. And we were shocked and taken aback. and Like, too shocked to think to ask how they knew. For a while, but we did ask. And what did they say? It was totally unclear. They were like, oh, no. They were like, a bunch of fans from one of the shows know that when you go, it's tooth. No. That was the answer, honest, honest to goodness. And we don't talk about these names in That's interviews, so except weird. for now, obviously. That's so, so preternatural, something has happened. I think maybe, I mean, the best case scenario is that we've achieved a level of psychic connection, connection with now our fans. with our closest fans, you know, our realest fans, where they just know things it's that we're thinking about. And then the worst case scenario is that we're actively being spied on. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad. That's yeah. a bad scenario. Yeah. Let's definitely hope that's not the case. Um, thank you for the insight on that. That's actually really special. Um, when I was on my way here, um, one of the things I was very much looking forward to is getting to say the title of your last album if you guys are in front of me because it is mm. a really cool album. That album is... Dos Sex Machina or Moving Slowly Beyond Nikola Tesla. That is fucking really cool. Really cool. I kind of nailed it too. Uh, And it left me, you know, with the thing with experiencing the album the most, it left me impressed with 
we talked a lot about lyrics uh, just a couple of minutes ago, but I was really impressed by the mesh of sonic textures that were going on. Mm. Where I love the format of a three-piece band, but like what really made you guys appeal to me was how it's so different than what I'm used to hearing in a three-piece band, where it's not just drums, bass, guitar, and vocals. There's a lot more interesting things going on. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I think the way people probably don't know how to pin you in terms of being written about. Because when I listened to the album, I heard obviously elements of punk, but I also heard elements of new wave and definitely some jazz. Like that's the, those are the things that really stuck out to me. And um, yeah, I just wonder what you, do you remember what those sessions were like for you being in the room making this music? Cause oh, yeah. I imagine, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what, what, how would you describe the feeling? I mean, obviously it differs from day to day, but it just sounds like it was a very creatively invigorating time to be within that space. Yeah, we were very much in, uh, in the initial sessions, we were living together in London, the three of us, and had leading up to the proper recording, sort of an ongoing, constant, experimental collaboration phase where there would just be like recording devices going in our apartment and like drones and strange instrumental uh, inventions <laughs> just lying around. And that all sort of very much informed what then became the initial recording process, which was also just us in isolation. It was just the three of us in the studio, um, which was a time in which we achieved a very sort of symbiotic blob mind that was sort of transcendent and and not fully connected to consensual reality with the outside world so it was a yeah it was a special time it sounds fucking magical it was a trance cabinet yep good use of condensing that there and london itself i mean i didn't know you guys created most album while living there i mean that's a, I grew up there partially as a kid um, in Stratford, and uh, mm. what I love so much about London, going back as an adult, is I recognize so how much with like the history of the country, but of the city, but also with like just the different bars you go to and venues. It is a very music centric city. Yes, where yeah. you get to experience so many different textures and cultures of music. Mm. That must yes. have been really great for you guys as well. Totally, definitely, and they all get to exist in their own special space in London, which feels like one of the amazing things about that city is it holds a lot of unique environments almost in insulation uh, which is really great especially when you're making an album and you can kind of draw from different fonts that you can go to at different times you know there's like the live blues bar in central there's like the the Sunday jazz night in the east you know there's the um, the little shack where you know some people who are uh, practicing Rastafari where there's always reggae playing you know and like all of these places have their own space and so you can sort of choose your candy store you know and, and, and to draw influence as you're making something yeah. that hopefully has its own voice and its, and its own space yeah, and for people who might not have, who are listening who might have never been to London, I think one of the things that makes London stand out a lot is that all these different spaces 
I don't know what I don't know how to describe it apart from that all these spaces feel inviting that you could be a complete outsider and uh, be you don't feel like an interloper when you go into these spaces you mm. feel like a sense of welcome that yeah. feels very specific to London alone. yeah no there's a lot of um, like people maintaining the individuality of who they are as a person or as a community, but then at the same time inviting so much uh, interrelation and like joy and hospitality amongst each other and amongst each other's communities and worlds. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I was actually going to bring this up later on, but I'll bring it up now because um, it's kind of a good way to launch off what we're discussing now. Um, I mean, tonight I'll be seeing you at Rough Trade, really great venue here in Brooklyn. Um, there's two questions I want to ask in regards to that. But the first question, how would you describe the live show to someone like me who's never seen you guys live before? I guess it feels hard to preface because... I mean, I've never seen this play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... I saw us play once. Yeah? Yeah. How were we? So boring. <laughs> you had a boring out-of-body experience <laughs> and watched us play the show. And you were like, guys, energy, energy. Um, it's a vulnerable thing that we do. So I get almost embarrassed trying to tell you what to expect. You know? Really? Uh, vulnerable in what way? It's kind of like someone asking, like, what's it like to have sex with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And a part of you wants to be like, well, it's, well, it's, it's amazing. It's like, it's really so good. good. But at the same but time... You can't totally say that. You can't just go ahead and say that. But then what do you say? Because the... You very cheekily say, well, you're just gonna... <laughs> you're gonna I guess to you're just gonna have to, to find out. Find yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to ask that is what so one of the reasons that uh, let me be so curious is like the way I've read about you guys online, I've seen people talk about your band, uh, particularly in the context of the live show, is that people always bring up the matter of uh, the live shows feeling like a safe space. And I've heard this in regards to other bands, but I feel like the amount of times I've heard it applied to your band is, stands out a lot, where I've seen people you know, tweet or Instagram at you guys saying how I can come to your show and feel like the most clearest most 100 percent version of myself and your music facilitates that but i also mm -hmm. considered live shows i've gone to before and the acts i've worked with and it is a very and you can correct me if i'm wrong i think it does take some conscious measures to want that to be part of your show i think our our fans deserve deserve a lot of credit for that as well you know it's very much a co-creation of that space and um you know, I've witnessed their interactions with one another, um, which I think are quite often, you know, really just those people being fucking great and loving souls. Um, and it's very cool that that we resonate with them in some way, but yeah, I think I think they do deserve a lot of that credit. Yeah. 
yeah, it's something that we intentionalize and try to manifest in ways that are actual um, as much as we can, but that they ultimately do completely control. I think maybe perhaps our role, because the thing is, is that we don't interact very much with our fans besides from the stage at shows. It's really them who are having this communal experience. I think maybe our role in that is when we are on stage together, projecting our love and care for each other, and perhaps they feel inspired by that to treat each other similarly. Yeah, what I love so much about that is how all of it comes from feeling, and it kind of ties to the stuff I was asking about experiencing with your records. So much of what I garnered from it and how I was experiencing the songs, it made me feel like a multitude of different ways. And mm. it's all, I mean, I brought up the word texture before, but I feel like that kind of permeates into everything that is associated with you, with the live show, with the album, with how you guys just, like you said, be very loving on stage to one another. I mean, that's a beautiful thing that people recognize that. Um, I just want to ask a couple more questions specifically about the music. But, you know, thanks again for taking the time today, especially yeah, thank so you. soon before a show. I really yeah, appreciate no, it. Yeah, no, this is yeah. very yeah, nice. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I really wanted to be a little cheeky and ask about my favorite tune off the album, which is Narcissus. Uh, the way that song builds, I really fucking love that. I love that song. And I think it functions so well as a centerpiece to that album where... If you're listening to it like on a vinyl, does it come on side A or side B? Do you know? Uh, side. Is it the start of side B? It's it's either the start of side B or the end of side A. I don't remember. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I bring that up is because I think the functionality of the song is it serves so well where it could both end a segment or start one it, off. Yeah, with. it's definitely the hinge. Yeah. I think it's yeah. the beginning of side B. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just brought that song up because I, when I listen to records, I always try to figure out what's the song that probably was the most creatively inspiring for the artist to make, especially in the room. The song where they were just like, fuck yeah, we're making this. And was that that song for you guys? That song was a really joyous and um, bizarre creative experience. The way that the structure manifested was very accidental in that we just kept adding more layers and every time we added a layer it would go on longer so it ended up being like three minutes longer than what was written just by virtue of us fucking around yeah like me like actually mashing both of my hands and my head into (laughs) the lowest notes of the keyboard for two minutes after every other track had stopped and then we were all like that's great (laughs) (laughs) we yeah we definitely we gave ourselves a lot of license (laughs) yeah I uh, highly recommend that tune for people who might not be familiar with the music. And the last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, and it was definitely something I knew right away I had to ask when I heard it and watched it because there was a accompanying visual, but the cover that you guys did for Don't You, uh, I mean, I think it's always important for artists to integrate themselves within an original song if they're deciding to cover it. And there's always that aspect of like, all right, how faithful do you stay? How much do you integrate yourselves? And I feel you guys were just like, yeah, we're making this our song now. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted very much to invert 
everything about the original and its message and intent. And uh, that meant deconstructing it sonically as well as um, sociopolitically. (laughs) It's essentially the same song. It's just coming from a completely different point of of origin, you know? And that's how it sounds when it comes from this point of origin. (laughs) Instead of a, like, celebration of, like, delusional male gaze it's our like horrified nightmare mirror of the delusional male gaze yeah yeah it's really yeah it's really a a conversation with the original if we're being yeah for being bold and blunt about it it's almost a response (laughs) it's like we've we've just like sort of written the same message back but underlined italicized and emboldened me yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean when i heard it the first time i found myself thinking of the scenario where someone would be like at a cafe or something and the original's playing and then maybe 30 40 seconds in it turns into yours oh my gosh yeah i hope some genius (laughs) yeah plays that game with their clientele someday yeah yeah, it's like the song just like <laughs> goes into the upside down. Yeah. 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 No, it was really beautiful getting to hear that. And uh, yeah, we're at the end of this. It was really great getting to talk talk to you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was yeah. great to you talk too. to you too. Awesome. Yeah. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you, I'm really keen to see you guys tonight. And one of my friends, when um, they're coming to the show as well, when we're talking about uh, your live show, he was saying, you know, it would be really cool if they opened up for Nine Inch Nails sometime. And I was like, well, that would be. Fabulous. Yeah. That would, that be, would really be really cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Just like envisioning like a tip. I mean, I don't even know what you would describe a typical Nine Inch Nails crowd. I really love that band though. And just imagining like, because yeah, I, the reason I brought that question, this ties back all together, but the reason I brought the question about what to expect a live show is I feel like you guys crafted this album and of course your previous songs as well because I experienced the other album. It's just so much of like how when I listen to the music, I actually don't know what to expect when I'm going to see them live. But that, there's something exciting there. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Ooh. Well, whoever's responsible for booking Nine Inch Nails, if you're listening, <laughs> get in touch. We, we are a band. Yeah, we'd be okay yeah, with we're, that. We're open to it. People, we're open. People want us to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one person. At least one person. I know it sounds rather silly, but is there any band or artist you would love to tour with? There's a more like just Priests. general cast. Ah. That'd be my go. <laughs> Yeah, we just we just did that. We just did oh, a tour okay. with Priest, which is why we just really we, I think we want to tour essentially with the all of the people who we have tour. We have we've had some of the best experiences we've had as a band have been on these collaborative tours, uh collaborative, excuse me. Uh tours <laughs> with uh other bands. So yeah. yeah. At this point, it's all of the people we have toured with already. Saul Williams, Slothrust, Charismatic Priest, Megafauna. Charismatic Megafauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should mention, we'll I didn't bring it up before, again. but you guys dropped a really cool split single of Slothrust. Really amazing band. Duffy, everyone listening, check that out. It's mega. Yes. Yeah. They're the greatest. They're they awesome. truly are good. They're the greatest next to Saul and Priest and Charismatic Megafauna. Yeah, they, they all sit on a mantle. Yeah, there's together. no hierarchy. They're all in the... the <laughs> 
canon of greats. Yeah. Right. In our hearts, the canon in our hearts. Well, I'm gonna let you guys run here, so nice canon sound. I'll let you guys run here so you can prepare for your show. Thanks so much again for being part of this. This was brilliant. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a joy.